You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. A little conflict of interest, self promotional moment. Uh, I hope you'll indulge me. The Savage Love iPhone app is out now. It was approved. Steve Jobs personally called me up in the middle of the night, got me out of bed to tell me that my app had been approved. And it's available now at the iTunes store. It's currently number two in the lifestyle section with some Craigslist app in front of it. And that is just not okay. So we need to get the Savage Love iPhone app really on top of the uh, Craigslist app because the Savage Love app, like... The Savage Love host is atop. In an unrelated development, Ted Haggard is back. Will no one rid us of this troublesome preacher, priest? I don't know what the fuck he is. He's starting a new church. It's an inclusive church. Upon this cock, I will build my church. Jesus came to him in the night and blew a load on his face and said, Ted, upon this cock, I will build my church. Uh, It's going to be called St. James. It's going to be in Ted's old hometown, Colorado Springs. Apparently, there may be a reality show about Ted Haggard trying to get his new bullshit con off the ground. And while Ted announced today that his church is for all sinners and welcomes gays and lesbians and bisexuals and straight people and addicts and recovering addicts and tall and short. I don't know how the tall and short got on that list with gays and straights and addicts and recovering addicts and apparently you have to be one or the other currently an addict or a recovering addict if you've never been addicted to crystal meth or cock like ted you're not welcome at ted's church apparently interestingly enough although ted's church is not going to be judgmental and it's going to welcome all people as equally sinful and fallen they won't be conducting any big gay weddings at ted's church because you know well all sinners are equal some sinners are more equal than others This episode is brought to you by AdamMail.com, where you can find adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamMail.com and enter guys at checkout. Sex is Fun is a new book by Kidder Caper, the first fully illustrated interactive titillating sex manual that combines the innovative look of a graphic novel with real advice and activities for fearless fun in bed. Sex is Fun, on sale now wherever books are sold. Hey, Dan. Um, me and my roommate have a problem. Uh, she's 19. I'm 18. Seven months. She's been dating this guy for seven months. And um, for like the past two weeks, pretty much every day, she's been coming up to me and being like, I don't know what to do. I want to break up with him. And like citing reasons like I'm bored and, you know, he's kind of dull and they don't really do anything together except for like when they're sitting around together, you know, talking about how much they love each other and stuff like that. But at the same time, so I'm like, you know, go for it. You're 19. Just break up with him if you're bored. You know, do do other stuff. Um, then then she's like, oh, but the times that we're together are just so lovely and we're so in, enamored in each other's arms and stuff. But I'm saying, like, those are the only times that you're together really is when you're in each other's arms saying sweet nothings to each other. And pretty much anybody could feel, you know, in love when that's happening. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm suggesting that she break up with him, but she doesn't want to break his heart, and she's really, really saddened by that idea and has red, watery eyes right now and is staring at me with them. So please assist us. It would make our house a much happier place. Thanks. See you. 
I find it curious that she never got on the phone. I find it curious that you made the call. And what I'm curious about is your motive here. Now, maybe you're just, you know, she's a buddy and you don't like to see her miserable half the time and crying half the time. And so you want me to back you up. But are you trying to get in her pants? You don't sound like the fag friend. You sound like a straight male roommate friend who might have a reason of his own that you want the uh, boyfriend that she loves so much and yet is bored so deathly by out of the picture. If you don't have an ulterior motive, if you aren't trying to get in her pants, if she really is that miserable and bored, I will back you up and say she should dump him. But she can also give him one more chance. She can say to him, she can risk telling him the truth. When I'm with you and it's lovey-dovey, I love it. And when you're not around, and sometimes when you are around, I'm just so fucking bored that I think about dumping you. Uh, because I find the relationship outside of the sweet nothings very unfulfilling. Just risk speaking your truth in this relationship. You feel like you're in love, but you're not satisfied. You're not fulfilled by it. And then either changes will be made, he'll up his game. Perhaps he is incorrectly thinking that this is all you want in a relationship is cuddling and sweet nothings when what you want is a little adventure and activity and getting out of the fucking house. He can't change if he doesn't know that you're dissatisfied. Tell him you're dissatisfied. If there are no changes, obviously there will be no changes. Obviously he can't change or is interested in changing. And then you should take your friend's advice and dump his ass. And I'm bored. You bore me is legit. One of the things we look for and have a right to look for in a partner is a certain entertainment value that you enjoy. It's not just enough that you love them as a person and they're very lovely and charming and, you know, it all feels so lovely and squishy. You're going to spend a great deal of time with this person and they have to be a good time. And if they're not, that's reason enough to go find someone that you can love as much but enjoy spending time with more so if he bores you don't feel like you can't dump somebody for that reason you can't that is again legit hi dan um i'm calling because i am having a problem with my relationship imagine that i'm 24 years old and i've been with my boyfriend for four years and we have a three-year-old together so if you do the math, it pretty much means I got pregnant the first time we hung out. And um, we've been together ever since, and we have a very loving, very um, open, communicate, communicative relationship. And um, But now we're having problems because he has very... Um, he's a very one-woman kind of man. He just... His sex to him is an extension of love. And I have a very different relationship with sex. I actually have never been in a long-term relationship until I got pregnant and, you know, him and I, it worked out for us and we stayed together. And so now I'm in this serious relationship of four years and, and I need more than just one person, you know. I want to be able to um, experience sex without love. Um, because that's more my style. That's more what I'm used to. That's something. That's the only thing I understood before I was with him. And um, we just don't know how to make it work for us so that we can both be happy and still be together without hurting one another, without having to deprive one another um, of our, you know, desires. I'm going to assume, since you've been fucking this guy for four years, and we tried to call and couldn't get you, I'm going to assume, since you've been fucking this guy for four years, that you also enjoy sex with love, that you fuck the father of your child, the person you've lived with and made this commitment to with some feeling 
and some affection, and it works for you. It must have worked for you for over the last four years if you could have stayed sane and stayed content and stayed in this relationship. So what you want is to supplement that sex with love that you get from him with a little loveless rutting that you could get from others, from strangers, from people you don't have an intimate connection to. And he wants monogamy. The only solution that works where you both get what you want is he gets to be monogamous and you get to not be monogamous. There are sometimes monogamous – you know, I once asked a friend if he was in a monogamous relationship and he said yes and no. And what it meant was yes, my boyfriend is. No, I'm not even though they were in a relationship with each other. If he can get to a place where you sort of have license to scratch this itch outside the marriage with others and that's not going to be an easy place for you know a guy who's monogamously inclined to get to because most people who are into monogamy just aren't into being monogamous themselves. They want a monogamous commitment from their partner because that's what a relationship means to them. But people stretch for love. You know, if he wants you and loves you, he may be willing to accommodate your need for a different kind of sex and a different kind of sexual experience, a kind of sexual experience that he can't provide for you. I would encourage you both perhaps to look into organized swinging, uh, which is less threatening, tends to be a matriarchy. It's all about other couples. It's not about picking up strangers and other singles who may, you know, represent more of a threat to the relationship. But this is going to take time to negotiate. This isn't anything that if you can get there successfully, you're going to be doing uh, next weekend. You're really going to have to unpack it, talk about expectations, maybe alter your expectations and take tiny little baby steps towards some degree of openness that will allow you to feel sexually fulfilled without making him feel like an idiot or a cuckold or a fool for staying with you. Kidder Capers podcast has been called one of the 10 best places to find sex advice. His new book, Sex is Fun, is the first fully illustrated, interactive, titillating sex manual that combines the innovative look of a graphic novel with real advice and activities for fearless fun in bed. No matter your partner, Sex is Fun has something for everyone. Bring your fantasies to life. Sex is Fun, on sale now wherever books are sold. Hi, Dan. I am a 28-year-old straight female, um, married. I'm calling you with some questions about... um, what I can do with my husband. He is a 30-year-old man who we've been married for about a year and a half, and our sex life is non-existent. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm too tired, I'm, it's too hot, lots of excuses for why he doesn't want to have sex with me. Um, I would have sex any time of the day, no matter how many times a day, and I just can't figure out what is going on. Um, I'm an interactive girl. Uh, we've been to counseling a number of times, and he, you know, blames it on being stressed because of work, because I'm stressed because of work, and I just can't figure out what the deal is. Um, we have sex about once every two months, and it's just not working for me. So I was wondering if you had any advice um, on how I could figure out uh, the best way to approach him about it, and I have tried to talk to him. He, he you know, gets defensive and upset with me. So if you have any thoughts, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I have some thoughts. Unfortunately, they're not going to help you. Uh, People need to establish before marriage basic sexual compatibility. You guys failed to establish basic sexual compatibility before marriage, and now your marriage is kind of fucked, I'm sorry to say. He has 
a very, very low libido for a dude, or he's not into you, or there's something else going on, which is why he's defensive and shuts down when you try to broach the subject. I can't pry the real reasons out of the ether. I can't pluck them out of the air or pull them out of my ass. Only he knows what's going on, and he ain't telling. It could be, though, that he just has a really low libido, and you have a, a more average to high libido, and you guys are going to be at war like this forever. Even, and no one's at fault. It's not that he lied to you and misled you into this marriage. It's not that he has a deep, dark secret, and he's Ted Haggard's boyfriend. It's just that you guys are never going to mesh successfully. He is not going to be able to meet your needs sexually, and you're going to be frustrated. And he is going to constantly feel like uh, you're looking at him as inadequate and uh, constantly feel uh, guilty and then therefore resentful because guilt curdles into resentment. And so what do you do? You get your needs met elsewhere with his buy-off. I sound like a broken record from the last caller. Or you say, that was a fine-ass starter marriage, good year and a half. We were not meant to be together. Coulda, woulda, shoulda figured that out before we walked down the aisle. Didn't. Figured it out now. See you, bye. Thanks. Or you will be sending me this same question every year for the rest of your life. Because this is I'm, – I'm convinced after doing this job for so long – that the mixed match libido thing is an irreconcilable difference. There is no way of clawing toward a middle ground that makes everybody happy. Mixed match libidos makes everybody miserable unless broken record, open relationship, license to do what you got to do to get your needs met elsewhere if you must to stay together to stay happy. But if you guys don't have kids, particularly if you don't have kids, it's only been a year and a half, call it a fucking day. Hey, fellas, looking for something truly sexy? Do you need a hot new DVD or maybe an adventurous new toy? How about a luxurious new lube? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adammail.com now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. That's right, gentlemen, 50% off, but that is not all. When you choose one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free all-mail DVDs that are sure to get you in the mood. And to top it off, they'll even throw in free shipping. Just use offer code G-U-Y-S, that's guys, at adammail.com. Dot com. That's guys at adammail.com. Hey, Dan. I'm a 25-year-old male who's going to uh, propose to his girlfriend uh, in the very near future. And I guess one of the things that sort of worried me for uh, a long time is I think I'm addicted to pornography in the sense that I have to actively push myself away from it. Like when I'm working, uh, when, even like when I'm working at, at home, uh, like if I have the laptop at home, I have to actively avoid doing it. Um, it just, I just get such a thrill out of it. Once I've done, once I've say masturbated once, I have to masturbate like sometimes up to like four times after that. Like I just wear, wear myself out and I just burn myself out and I don't like it because it's compulsive. It doesn't, my sex life is good. Um, but sometimes I, I like after my, my girlfriend and I have had sex for a while, I start thinking about the stuff I saw and I start wanting a bit more of that. Um, so, you know, particularly like anal sex, which she keeps off the table. Um, anyway, Dan, I'm sort of wondering, like, what can I do? How do I avoid this and sort of prevent, uh, I don't know, prevent myself from, like, succumbing to this? Even the, the longest I've gone was one month. And as soon as I, as soon as I got back on the horse, I just completely fell off. So it really does feel like addiction. Um, I don't want this to, 
affect me like this anymore. And yet at the same time, if I stayed off for a while, sex with the girlfriend will stir all that back up like it's all linked. So I don't think you're addicted to pornography. Porn is very tempting and it really like plugs right into our reptile brain as men doesn't create a chemical dependency. It really doesn't create an addiction. And your higher brain is more powerful than your reptile brain. And you can, if you think the porn creates a distraction uh, from, you know, your girlfriend and this real sex you could be having, or, you know, stokes your desire for things that aren't going to be on the table with the wife and is therefore harmful mm-hmm. to your relationship with her, you need to throw some roadblocks up. And see, that's what I do. Like, I'll, uh, I'll stay late at the office. I'll, I'll keep the computer away. I'll do, like, a late workout. I'll try my best. And then, I, like, the longest I've managed to go is around a month. Which is, and for, then, for a guy in his yeah. mid-20s to go a month without looking at porn, when porn yeah. is so instantly and everywhere available to us, on our phones, on our computers, on our laptops, that's remarkable self-control. So don't regard really? that as some, like, colossal failure. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good, like, solo sex section, you know, a good solo sex session once a week where you rub a couple out, that's mm-hmm. fine, dude. So it's not like the going to exhaustion occasionally, going for, like, the uh, the six times, that's that's not too bad. That's nothing to really worry about too So much. long as you're watering the plants and feeding the house pets and get and not losing your job and your girlfriend doesn't feel, isn't being neglected, there's nothing wrong with a yeah. good, like jerk-off session every once in a while. Man, I was not raised Catholic, but as much as it sounds like I just have some weird inner guilt thing that is just running wild. Because it, it's, are, are, you beating, yeah. are you beating holes in your deck? Uh, no. Are you, sneaking no. Out Although, of bed? Uh, are you sneaking out of bed in the middle of the night when you could be fucking the girlfriend, and when she's horny and, t- and has told you so because you'd go rather watch some anal gangbang porn and rub one out? Definitely not. You do not have a problem. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, the other gotcha. thing. The other thing you can try. Uh, does your mm-hmm. girlfriend know about these jerk off sessions? No. Does your girlfriend not. know that you sometimes watch porn and like it? She probably has an idea, but not explicitly. So she might not. She might be in denial about it. What's your sexual? She knows relationship? I have. She knows I have in the past. What's your sexual relationship like? Do you have sort of like honest, open? You know, she knows you're a dude. She's into dudes. She knows that. Little porn comes with the ter- dude territory. Is she sexually adventurous and fun, or is she, you know, you got to pry the sex out of her a little bit, and she's a little conflicted about it? Like during the act, she's fine, but I think her, like when I talked to her about it, her uh, her repertoire, like she just doesn't want to go that crazy. She really prefers, you know, like she likes missionary, and we can get very passionate. Um, but for how old, example, how like, old is she? She's twenty five. And how many sex partners has she had? Gosh, I'd say probably uh, if I had to if I had to just throw out maybe a guess on the high side, maybe six or seven. Okay, just because that's where she's at now doesn't mean that mm-hmm. down the road she may not become more sexually adventurous. A lot of women become more sexually adventurous as they hit their sexual peaks in their late twenties, early thirties. Also, for some women, the sexual adventurism comes when they feel totally secure and comfortable with a long-term partner. Then they, some of them, not all of them relax and become more open and playful and you can encourage her in that direction so who knows what may be on the menu or on the table down the road mm-hmm. the other so this so her sort of being like cause i have a feeling i like i'm i do not want to share it with her and i would feel really weird particularly showing her like some of the more extreme stuff that i know she i'm nearly 99 percent certain she'd be uh, uncomfortable with is because like you're saying that'll eventually sort of 
lighten up a little bit? Maybe, hopefully. We'll see. Okay. But you're going to want to be sort of nudging her in that direction. I think it's okay for yeah. you to say, I have fantasies about crazy stuff, and like, I hope that we can go places together and, and have a wonderfully sexually adventurous sex life uh, and really a strong sexual connection and bond uh, because mm-hmm. we have playful, fun, passionate sex we're both interested in. I have fantasies. You must too. You tell me yours. I'll tell you mine. And you can uh, gotcha. parcel them out and you know piece them out in tiny little chunks gotcha. as you go gotcha. to, see where, to see where you get. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that mm-hmm. some guys, maybe not her, maybe she's not the right girlfriend for this kind of radical honesty approach, approach. some guys, you know, put their girlfriends in charge of the porn. And say, you know, sometimes I beat off too much. Order me not to. Don't let me beat off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it becomes, you know, your quote-unquote problem becomes an erotic game that you guys play together where you've ceded some control over your private masturbatory routines to her. And it becomes fuel for your your sexual bond, even when you're uh, wanking. Gotcha. You know, maybe you can work out a deal where every time you blow a load masturbating, you owe her an oral sex session to completion without any reciprocation. I gotcha. I gotcha. And sort of, yeah, making it something we can participate in so she's not... There's an upside in it for her. Yeah. Hey, honey, I beat off today. Now I'm going to eat your pussy because you should have an orgasm too. If you can get to that kind of playful, radical honesty about male and female sexuality, about male sexuality, about your sexuality, how you really experience it, and you, you know, create some perk... For her, and oh, man, this thing that's is a, not going to go away. For me. What? Gotcha. I said that's a win-win for me. I'd be glad to do that. Well, see where you go. See where you get. Yeah. Great. Good luck. Great. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. Sure thing. Bye. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm a 27-year-old gay male who uh, just graduated from law school. And recently, I went out on a date with a guy who was about five years younger than me. And he was still in the closet and still in a fraternity. And he told me while we were going out, uh, we spent about, he spent the night in my place. We had sex about, ooh, six times. It was pretty hot. Um, by sex, I mean non-penetrative anal, but like oral and hand jobs and whatnot. Um, but he told me later that he wasn't out to anywhere to his frat. And he told me that the reason he hadn't done it was because he was worried about preserving the image of his fraternity. He didn't want them to get known as the gay frat. So I um I don't know if I was appropriate in my reaction, but I, I kind of pressed him to come out, and he got a little turned off when I did that. And then later I, I made him watch Milk with me. Didn't I didn't make him, but we kind of laid in bed, and I said, "Oh, I want to watch this movie. Let's watch Milk." And then as the night went on, I got a little bit more pushy and pushy and pushy about him uh, coming out of the closet. And I told him eventually, um, you know, if you're a real man, you'd come out. And he stormed out of my apartment at that time, and um, we haven't spoken since. And I'm not really trying to save this relationship, but I guess my question is, when you're trying to get someone else to come out, when do you push and when do you pull? When do you, what is too far? I know you've said before, you know, if your your family is uh, taking care of you, you have a right to stay in the closet. But if if someone's gay and they're not telling anyone around them, but they're clearly gay and they're not telling anyone what is too far to push someone. You pushed him too far if you wanted to keep getting into his frat boy pants, obviously, because you pushed him so far that he got really defensive and angry and stormed out and isn't speaking to you anymore. If you're not concerned about getting in his pants again, 
I don't think you pushed him too far. I think you pushed him far enough. I don't think that openly gay uh, guys who are out and healthy and together and ethical can really successfully date closet cases who come up with insipid rationalizations for their cowardice. Oh, I can't come out because my frat will get a reputation. That's bullshit. Can't come out because he's scared. Maybe he's not ready. He needs encouragement. Yes, he needs support. Yes, but also sometimes people need, when it comes to coming out, a kick in the ass. They need some sense that there are going to be consequences to not coming out. Everyone worries about the consequences of coming out. Like your family will be upset. Maybe you'll be disowned. Your frat brothers will feel uncomfortable around you. Your frat will get a reputation. La, la, la. People focus on those consequences of coming out. Well, there are consequences to not coming out. There are people who will not date you. There are opportunities you will not have. There are You're going to have confrontations with healthy, openly gay guys that you want to sleep with who are not going to degrade themselves in attempting to have a relationship with a closet case. Because when you have a relationship with a closet case, you're really dragged back into the closet yourself. You're really diminished in many ways when you try to have any sort of ongoing sexual connection or emotional connection or romantic connection with a closet case. You pushed him. You've acquainted him now with a consequence of being closeted, which is that guys he sleeps with, guys he finds attractive, guys he wants to spend time laying around in bed with watching movies after having sex aren't going to put up with his bullshit, aren't going to sign off on his rationalizations about why he has to stay closeted and are going to push him to do the right thing. I think you, I think you should be commended. I think you did absolutely the right thing, first by fucking him and second by pushing him. Because sometimes it's only a, a, a sexual encounters with guys who are healthy and out who nudge them that encourage the uh, cowardly frat boy closet cases to finally come out themselves. So you pushed him along that road. Good for you. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 25-year-old gay man. Um, here's my issue. I've been kind of seeing a guy for about a month. We, we mostly have sex using a condom. However, twice we bareback. Um, the first time was when we were both really drunk. Um, I'm usually the top, and he kind of just moved himself up and sat on my dick, and then I proceeded to fuck him. Um, the second time was we were having sex with a condom, but the condom was really thick, and I ended up going soft. Um, and so I, I pulled out, and we were just making out and giving each other hand jobs. And he said, I'm still really horny. You can fuck me without a condom. And so I did. Uh, we both been tested. We both been clean. Um, and so it's not an issue from that. Um, the problem I'm kind of having is that, especially the second time after it happened, he ended up becoming very negative about it and said, like, oh, why did you? Why did we do that? Um, and kind of implied that on some level it was my fault for it happening. Um, and then told me that it's your job to get better condoms um, and that's your homework and kind of put all the impetus on me. Um, I thought that was kind of unfair, partially because he did initiate it, but also it's like, it takes two to tango. I know, we're both adults. We both make choices. And I, like, yes, he offered, but I also accepted it. So it's like it's both of our faults for it happening. Um, and so I'm a little bit pissed. And I don't know exactly how I should approach this or talk to him about it. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to get some condoms, but what else can I do? If your boyfriend is determined to shift responsibility to you solely for these incidents of unprotected anal intercourse, pointing out that these were mutual decisions, trotting out 
the old Tate's two to tango saw isn't going to convince him because he's not being rational. He's being irrational and unfair. And you can say, hey, you're being irrational and unfair. But again, if he's determined to blame you, to shift all responsibility for you know his half of this choice uh, to you, pointing out that it was half his choice when he knows that, when that's obvious, isn't going to budge him off that position. All you need to do if you continue to see this guy is, in future, refrain from barebacking him under any circumstances. You shouldn't be barebacking him anyway under any circumstances. But Well, under some, but we're not going to go into those now. Refrain from barebacking him because obviously – heat of the moment, drunk, passionate, the con doesn't work, whatever, you know, after he has that orgasm that was so god-awful important that he was willing to risk barebacking in the moment, he feels so guilty and conflicted that he has to project all of that onto you. If you don't want to accept that bullshit from him in the future, if you don't want to be on the receiving end of all that bullshit, don't tango because you know that when the dance is over, he's going to blame you. For the dip, right? So don't go there. And when he brings it up and when he talks about it, don't engage. Just say, look, you know what happened. You were there. We made together this decision, this choice in the moment. And it was a mutual decision. So knock it the fuck off and then refuse to discuss it any further. If he keeps it up, repeat that. Say the exact same thing again. And if he brings it up one more time, dump the motherfucker already. Dump the barebacking idiot, blame-shifting motherfucker. However, he's right. If those condoms that you have around are too thick for you to stay hard-wearing, shop around. Find some new condoms, condoms that work, and keep them on hand. Because you obviously can't trust yourself either in the moment to make the right decision. Hi, Dan. I am a 22-year-old gay male. And my question is, um, inspired by an argument I'm having over Twitter right now, uh, basically... This one guy answered this question on a, a website called Formspring, where basically people just ask him questions about his sexual practices. And he ended the, the answer by saying that he, um, if he's in a situation where the bottom uh, requests that he use a condom, he will uh, find some way to remove it during intercourse so that he may um, leave his ejaculation uh, in the bottom. And uh, I'm actually quite livid. It's a wonder that I'm able to find words right now. I just wanted to know uh, what the legal precedent for charging somebody who knowingly subjects somebody to unprotected sex when the person who's uh, consenting to the sex uh, only consents to protected sex with rape. What he's doing is morally reprehensible. Perhaps it's sexual assault of a sort. Making a rape charge stick? Almost impossible. You would have to have an admission from that immoral piece of shit top after the fact to the bottom that the condom was removed on purpose. And I'm sure whatever this guy bragged about on an online forum, he doesn't inform the bottoms when it's all over that, ha, tricked you, ha ha, psych, told you I'd use a condom and didn't because I wanted to come in you. That's an online anonymous confession. I'm sure when he's with the guys who are foolish and unlucky enough to sleep with him, that's not how it plays out at the end. So making a rape charge stick is going to be nearly impossible. This is an example, though, of a point I frequently made. 
anal sex is not something you should be engaging in with anonymous or very nearly anonymous partners or with a cast of fucking thousands because your odds of winding up in bed with a selfish piece of shit sociopath who doesn't care about you are extraordinarily high. Now, there are some people in monogamous marriages who courted for years and married who wound up with piece of shit sociopaths who don't care about them. So it's not like being a virgin until marriage and then having sex with only one person all your life is an ironclad guarantee that you will not be with a piece of shit sociopath. But if you sleep with, you know, hundreds of people every year, you're going to draw the sociopath piece of shit straw way more often. And if you're letting people enter you, put their dick in your body with a condom on, and they don't know who you are, they don't give a shit who you are, all they're there for is their own orgasm, they're not concerned about your pleasure, they're never going to see you again, there's no accountability in that encounter. The odds that somebody under those sets of circumstances who is a piece of shit sociopath is going to look out for you, non-existent. If you're having protected anal intercourse with anonymous or nearly anonymous partners and frequently the onus is really on you as a bottom to verify again and again and again that the condom is still on you have to let your hand drift down there and feel for it you have to leave the lights on and look for it because you can't trust that guy by definition by self-selection you can't trust that guy who's fucking your ass Better, I believe, to reserve anal sex for someone you know about and care about. Who cares about you? Ah, that don't mean marriage. That don't mean necessarily even waiting a month. That just means waiting long enough to verify that this is a decent human being who isn't a piece of shit to the best of your ability, verifying those things before you let them have the riskiest kind of sex possible with you. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 17-year-old uh, high school student, and I was just listening to episode 188, and I just wanted to let you know that I totally agreed with what you said to the woman who was talking about how gay teenagers should stay in their shithole small towns in Mississippi and uh, teach other bigoted people there by their existence. Um, and I'm really glad you said that because her call made me really angry. The idea that somebody who um, is 17 and is young and is presumably alone in their identification or their political identity should be um, expected to teach and to, to teach and enlighten and uphold a whole bunch of hatred that's thrown at them is unreasonable. You would not expect a straight teenager to. Um, uphold that much hatred and bigotry and be the only uh, source of liberal power in their town. So why should you expect a gay teenager to do the same thing? Um, it just, it felt really unjust. And I really agreed with your uh, statement about that. And I just wanted to let you know that as a young person who uh, does not live in a small shithole town in Mississippi and would run from one if I did live there, uh, that was how I felt. Hi, Dan. I've been your faithful follower since 1992 when you were just a little column in The Stranger and where your admirers had to address you as, hey, faggot. And I'm calling in response to this week's podcast from the man who called in and said that the woman he was going not down on didn't smell so good. 
And Dan, you did right well for a gay man who's um, a guy and whose lover is a guy and whose son is a guy and uh, pretty much who's all of whose sexual contacts have been guys. And then you did okay by Googling what you did. But what you really need to hear from is the mothers and the grandmothers out here who have mothered and grandmothered girls. So here goes. Sweetheart, when you wake up in the morning, your mouth has been shut all night and the bacteria in your mouth have been growing. And so when you get up, you brush your teeth before you kiss anybody. Uh, when you get up in the morning, you wash your butt because, you know, the mucous membranes have been close to each other and bacteria grows right near the surface. And so you wash it with soap. Uh, and when you're in the shower, raise your arm and you wash under your armpits and you use soap because deodorant by itself can't do it. And you wash behind your ears because it gets kind of crusty back there and you get the earwax too. Now, if something bad and foul smelling starts coming out of your ear, you go to the doctor. If something bad and foul smelling starts coming out of your vagina, you go to the doctor. If you start coughing up green phlegm, you go to the doctor. But for the ordinary just stinkiness that happens because we're all walking around, you use soap and water, unless of course it's your mouth, and then you use toothpaste, lots of it. And you don't put soap up your vagina because Dan's right and the podcast is right and Google is right. Soap doesn't belong up there. Uh, but you sure need to use soap on your vulva, sweetheart. So go ahead, scrub it out. And if it stings, that just means you've let it go a little bit too long. That's all. Dan, if you ever need any help from the mothers and the grandmothers out here, we're out here and we're faithfully listening to you. And because my children taught me how to use my iPhone, I've listened to every single one of your podcasts. And i got to tell you, on behalf of your mother, there's those of us out here who think you're doing us all proud. Hey, Dan. Um, I just listened to Podcast 188 and your call, your bullying of the uh, young lady that was in the one-year relationship with the bullying woman. And I gotta ask you, where the fuck were you 15 years ago, man? Um, everything you said would happen to her has happened to me. I've lost my family, I've lost my friends, and I am constantly trying to prove to this woman that I am not cheating on her. I have to go through weeks of fighting every time I have a business trip out of town. I sold my house and moved 50 miles away from work for her, and I listen to this crap every day about, you know, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing everything right, and it's just, I wish I could take this podcast and send it back in time, 15 years, um, but I probably wouldn't have listened to you anyway then, I just like that girl's not going to. Um, I can't give you my callback number because if you called then it was when she was around I get in trouble. So anyway, um, I'm glad you're out there for somebody. Thanks for all those calls. Uh, for the last caller, um, you know, you're never going to prove to your girlfriend to her satisfaction that you're not cheating or that you can do everything right because she's not interested in your fidelity. She's really interested in your misery and making and keeping you miserable and on edge. You sound unhappy. You sound maybe trapped. You're not trapped. 
you can walk out the fucking door. You can take your shit and go. You say you've lost touch with all your family and all your friends. You call your family. You call your friends. You let them hear your pain and you tell them that you need their help now, that you need to get out of what is an abusive relationship and that you're sorry that you disappeared and it was a mistake and you'll make it up to them in future. But right now you really need someone to reach out to you and help you get away from this fucking cunt that you wasted 15 years on, but you don't have to waste the rest of your fucking life on leave her go escape. However disruptive leaving her will be, however much grief and misery it will cause you, that disruption and grief and misery is going to be short term. You will get through a bad and rocky six months or a year, and then you will not have this malignant, vicious bitch in your life every day, making you miserable constantly. Even being alone, come on, being alone has to be better than dealing with her, dealing with this bullshit. Get your shit together, pack your bags, take what's yours, get a lawyer, and go. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.stranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. You read my column in print in alternative weekly newspapers all over the country every week, like Westward in Denver, Colorado. And now you can go to the iTunes store and buy the Savage Love app, which I believe is $7,895 a pop. No, it's only $1.99. Buy 10 of them. The number once again, 206-201-2720. Give us a buzz. And me and the tech-savvy at-risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.